Now oblivious to the desk clerk behind her, she pushed open the hotel's glass front door and felt the unseasonably hot summer night slap the humidity against her cheeks. Looking up and down the busy boardwalk, she saw tall, gleaming casinos lined up next to tacky souvenir shops. She also saw a family happily strolling along, and slowing her steps, she thought, I am in no hurry. After twenty years, what are a few more minutes? Rushing hasn't exactly got me anywhere. Twenty years? she repeated. God, please, I beg you, let this be the last alley in the last town. I don't think I can do this anymore. I have no family like them, looking toward the happy mother, father, and children she had noticed. Any chance of regular life with a husband and kids has passed me by. I'm forty-four, and the only existence I've known for the last twenty years has been on this journey. Abby had spent a lot of time during those past two decades talking to her God. On most occasions she had been reverential while going to her creator for assistance and comfort. But this time her prayer mixed hope with despair and recrimination as she mentally chastised her deity. This caused her face to suddenly flush with guilt at the bitterness of the entreaty. Abby's upbringing taught her to respect, love, and embrace God. But in the last twenty years it seemed only deaf ears listened to her pleas, and she began to rethink her beliefs. Looking at the store window of a t-shirt shop, Abby felt a small drop of rain strike her face. Startled, she looked up to see large storm clouds beginning to roll in across a turbulent Atlantic Ocean. This is how it started for me. Twenty years ago I braved a storm and this has been the outcome. What are you trying to tell me, God? Are you telling me, like Sisyphus of Greek mythology, this task is going to continue for me? Like him pushing his boulder. Will I never know peace? She swiped away a tear as the rain continued to fall, and her dark hair slowly dampened and became plastered to her head. Not having really expected an answer, she looked skyward, shrugged, and got her feet moving again. After a few minutes, one more corner to turn and I'll be there. Wherever there is. Why, God? Why was I cursed by meeting Dr. Carl Miller? Chapter 1. Dr. Carl Miller August 13th, 1992. 8.15 p.m. Where can she be? That was all that flashed across Dan Grossman's mind as he looked at the front door of the obscure little bar he found himself in. He glanced at his watch, although after a few dozen glances he already knew what time it was. Sitting at the grimy table where his pack of camels was located, the 47-year-old carried 240 pounds on a 5-foot-11 out-of-shape frame. His dark brown hair was normally messy, but tonight was different because he spent the better part of the afternoon getting ready in a hair salon for the date that wasn't happening. During a recent journalistic assignment, he met a gorgeous redhead with legs that, to him, looked like they went all the way up to her ass. The words, 7 p.m. and last call saloon, had blended into their conversation, and like a fish looking for a plump worm on a bait hook, he had popped into the bar. One look at the faded conditions of this place should have been enough to give him a clue. It was the kind of place that has a rosinless shuffleboard and a dartless dartboard. It was the kind of place where cigarette smoke mixes with the odor of beer in an attempt to block out broken dreams. And it was definitely the kind of place that Dan didn't want to be stuck in. Yet here he was. Dan caught a brief glimpse of himself in the mirror, and his lips twisted into a wry smile. Another flopping bass wondering what the hell he was thinking. Around 7.30, he contemplated getting into his car and finding dinner before heading home. 
but the rain had started. So he slid a $50 bill across the bar and earned himself a couple of bottles of cold beer and a lot of change. By 8.10, the rain became a deluge, amply soaking anyone out in it. With the downpour at its height, the front door flew open and a battered-looking old man quickly came in and slipped into the seat across from Dan. His face was bony, and his papyrus-looking skin was drawn with almost papery thinness over his skull. A pair of old-fashioned wire-rimmed glasses sat firmly on his nose. The look was made even more incongruous by shoulder-length hair, a shaggy beard. He wore a torn, dirty brown overcoat, and like him it was soaking wet. Dan also noticed a man carried a weather-beaten cardboard box under his arm. By the time Dan thought to voice his objection, the old man silently beseeched him to allow him to stay. He accomplished this with pleading eyes and by vigorously shaking his head from side to side.